What's up, everybody? Great to have you once again here with us. So much to dissect, so much to talk about. Chaos in paradise. Some clubs are in the mud. Some clubs are losing to people they shouldn't lose to. Why some clubs are finished? All in all, we'll be talking about it in the next hour or so. So stay tuned and welcome to the latest episode of Farcona Podcast. So, Josh, what's going on? What's good, man? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I mean, like you said, <laughs> Finnish clubs and everything. But the Champions League this week was very, very entertaining. I'm, I'm here to banter and to bash clubs and just have fun, basically. Let's go. Right. Let's get into it then. Okay. So, um, I want us to do this in like a bit of chronological order. So we we'll start with the Tuesday games and let's start with the Milan Atletico match, which was some of the worst refereeing I've seen in my life. From the red card, the second yellow for Francesi, which I don't even get it. Then the last minute penalty, it was just a big joke. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I just think the, the red card was a bit harsh. Like, uh, it, obviously it was three yellows, but I think one of the yellows, like looking at it, um, like there was, I think the second, second one, one was, second one, yeah, uh, nah. yeah. I I just think the second one was a bit very very harsh. He got the ball, he clearly won the ball, and he was still booked. And I don't know what was going on there. I don't know what is thought process of the referee. Then for the penalty, yeah, because Lemar, I, I believe it's Thomas Lemar, forgotten the defender for AC Milan. The ball hit Lemar's hand. And then he okay. defended and twice and did give a penalty. So is Lemar not a human being? So there's no punishment for the ball striking Lemar's arm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh it's one of all those things. You see, um, most times I I think um the, the rule book has changed in the sense that most times some of the decisions are favoring attacking players right now. You see them with the offside decisions. And now, even with um, penalty decisions, so they try to uh, make sure that there's a balance so that um, defenders don't get away, away with a lot of things like they usually do in the past. Um, all in all, I think Milan played well. Yeah, yeah. I, for the things favoring attackers, I mean, you might say that, but then again, you can see a defender being, sorry, a striker being shoved to the death and then the referee tells him to get up. So I think there's really no consistency. But overall, the quality of the game, I think AC Milan were really hard. Like, they will feel really hard done by because they played very well. A lot of intensity in the first half. I like the forward, the link-up play, their forward players, in, especially in the first half. Then the red cards ruined the game for them. Atletico Madrid didn't really have any game plan. They just brought on all the attackers that they had, Griezmann, yeah, Felix, and for Simeone, it was just like, come on, if I put all these attackers, somebody will surely score. So I think that was just the game plan. It wasn't like a structured plan to it, but at the end, it worked out for him. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. AC Milan, they the better team. And going down to 10 men, it's, it's very, very difficult against a side like Atleti. And I think, um, I even have a question just before I even move on. I don't think this is their haram and inshallah. We save them um, because um, Atleti they've been abysmal. I think it's time we start looking at Simeon. Is he is he still the manager we think he is? 
Oh, oof. Oh, that's tough. Simeone has basically dragged... So, you know the thing is, I think Simeone has a lot of credit in the bank. If Simeone was a new manager, look at it this way. If Simeone was just hired last season, obviously they won the league last season, so he would still have the credit in the bank. But if Simeone was hired just this season, from August till now, he hasn't done enough. He'll be under pressure. But because it's Simeone, he has won two league titles, taking him to two Champions League finals. Because he has he has done all that, he's not under pressure. And whether that's right or wrong, whether the club should be looking forward and forgetting about the past, like Chelsea, Chelsea don't care about the past. You know that once you're not performing, you're gone in Chelsea. So I don't know. A lot of clubs don't do that kind of stuff. I think that's unique to clubs like Chelsea and PSG. I think Chelsea, basically. So he has credit in the bank and I think he has ended. So he's here to stay. I don't think... I don't see coaches like Guardiola, Simeone ever being sacked. They work when they want to. Well, I, th- I think for him, it's time to leave because yeah, I think he has done enough. Uh, you said it perfectly, so I'll leave it as it is. Now, Sheriff. There's a new Sheriff in town, bro. And they came to Madrid and they bust Madrid. A well-deserved win, 2-1. We know the Sheriff keeper pulled off brilliant saves, but I guess that's what the keeper is there for. And Madrid didn't really wow me. The, the penalty they even got to me was dubious as well, but it was more of a penalty than their neighbours Atletico Madrid got. But all in all, a very, very dire performance from Real Madrid. Yeah, exactly. Real Madrid, they lost to a team that was formed some years ago. No, they are not, I don't think they are even up to 30 years. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not up to 30. 97. <laughs> so very embarrassing and shameful for them to even lose at home. I think this is their first... Yes, this is their first Champions League match in 500... Over 500 days. So... It's crazy for them to come back to the Bernabeu and lose to a team like Sheriff. Well, it's actually mad. So kudos to Sheriff. They 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 held their own and they did well. But I, but I expect Real Madrid to still um go through in this group. Definitely, Madrid. I even I think Madrid will probably still top the group. Just on a side note, I worry I worry for Inter Milan in this group because Sheriff now have six from six. Um, Inter couldn't beat Shakhtar. Inter obviously lost to Real Madrid. Inter face Sheriff next. And anything but they win for Inter Milan. And then I don't see them qualifying from the group. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I didn't even think of it that way. Uh, I've not even had the time to think of it. But I, I just say, I just say like Inter, like looking at the way Inter has played in the in the fixtures so far. I think Inter, they, they've been the best team in the group. They've just been very, very what? unfortunate with the um, result or outcome. Yeah, yeah. They, they had Real Madrid on the ropes. They played, they held their own against, uh, they, held, they held their own against um, Shakhtar Dunex. And Shakhtar Dunex, they are quite a tough opponent. I but, think Real Madrid, we'll see, we'll see how Real Madrid face and cope against them. So, but looking at it all in all, like their performance, when you actually watch their performance, is actually good, but they, they don't seem to try and get um, the win or get the um, final result over the line. Well, I, I think their second half performance against Shakhtar was good. I'm not so sure about the first half. But yeah, I, I get your drift because overall, I don't think they deserve just one point from those two games. I think that's really harsh on the performances. But then I'm worried that it's becoming a habit. Inter Milan and playing or getting bad results in Champions League. Two, years, two seasons ago, they finished third, got to the Europa League, got to the final, lost the final to Sevilla. And last season, they finished rock bottom of the group. So, 
I don't know. It looks like they don't even care about Europe anymore. They just want to try and win the Serie A again. Well, good luck to them. If that's what they want, then we hope they can get it. Um, now, the last game for Tuesday, which was the blockbuster, PSG, Man City. Um, on paper, you can say that these are the two favorites or two of the favorites. You look at Bayern as well, Liverpool. So these are two of the favorites. And what did we learn from this game? Is Does this result mean that PSG are now outright favorites or... Can we look at it and say that City played well and maybe we're unlucky to lose by a two-goal margin? I think maybe City on another day could have scored some goals. Um, I think um, I th- we I said it um in, in the last episode that we did that this is a, a this is a, a system-based team against Mavericks and we saw it. We saw it. Um, PSG they didn't particularly play like a team. Man City, they were. I, I didn't even think Man City played bad. Man City played very well in my eyes. They, 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 they created chances. Um, Duraruma was on top form. Um, so the um, PSG defense, they were on the ropes for the most part of the game. But the, the reason why City lost is at the end of the day in the Champions League, you have to take your chances. And City, they didn't take their chances. Bernardo Silva had a very, very good chance to. to, to I'm, I'm- just right under the crossbar and he missed it. It's it's oh god. <laughs> exactly. So on an, on another that day, um Bernardo Silva will probably score that um score that goal. Then looking at it, I didn't even expect um Idrissi Gray to even come to the party. He stepped up, he had his chance, he had his moment, and he scored. And now he now came to the big man, Lionel Messi. The the lights are on, the anthems are there. What did we and, go? Your first goal. Exactly. Well. exactly and exactly he delivered he scored his first goal he has now played seven games against City scoring seven goals contributing seven assists and he has extended his record against seven assists no 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 sorry two assists sorry sorry for the error but at the end of the day he extended his English record his record against English sides I mean he has played 35 matches, scoring 27 goals. And this man has not yet played in England. That is mad. Mad and massive. And I, saw, I, I saw his start, yeah. Some people are trying yeah. to push the Messi agenda over Ronaldo. They said Messi has scored just one less goal against the Premier League top six than Ronaldo. And he didn't play in the Premier League. But Ronaldo has played in the Premier League. And Ronaldo, <laughs> has, 20, Ronaldo has 28 goals against the top sides. Messi has 27. So make of that what you may. But I think for the game itself, for the game itself, Jack Grealish, I, I don't understand. Like, if, if I talk, they will say I'm hating on Jack Grealish. But I said that Grealish doesn't add anything to this team. Like, it, to me, if I see, like how I see it is, if Grealish was not a new signing that cost 100 million, Grealish would not be starting. Grealish is just starting because they bought him for so much money and so they have to play him. He has to hit really terrible form before Pep can bench him. That's how it is because when you spend a lot of money on players like this, you must play them. So unless Grealish is absolutely abysmal, he will continue playing because he was bought for 100 million. Grealish, for me, he doesn't seem to know where he is. He's playing like he's saying Aston Villa because... In Aston Villa, what Grealish used to do was Grealish will hold ball, will make sure that people come to him and foul him. So he's relieving pressure for his team. Then Aston Villa can now play the free kick, buy bodies forward, and then play a long ball to the box and maybe score from that free kick. That was for Aston Villa. All well and good. 
In Man City, you need to be slick. You need to be quick. Grealish has chances to play his teammates through on goal, but he no, but no, he cuts inside to do an unnecessary dribble and win a foul that nobody asked him to win. Why not just play the early pass and put your teammates one on one? Because if it, if you ask me, Grealish was one of the biggest problems for City against PSG. He was slowing down their attacks, and I think someone needs to tell him that he's he's now in City, not Aston Villa anymore. He needs to change the way he plays his football. Well, uh, I completely agree with what he said. He is one of their major issues, and I think I think the only thing I disagree with is when he when he comes down to it. I think Pep will bench him. That's how that's the power that. Man City has given to Pep. Pep is the final say at the end of the day. I don't think Pep will care if he's 100 million or 200 million pound player. I think when he, when he looks at, uh, at it at the end of the day and sees that Grealish is one of the Aki's here in this Man City team, I think he will bench him. We've seen it with Sterling. I think there was a point where Sterling was scoring, but because Sterling was not um, actually contributing in some aspect that Pep wants, he's still benching Sterling. So we've seen it time and time again with Pep. So I just think at the end of the day, Grealish, Pep has benched high-profile players, superstars like um, Ibrahimovic over the years, superstar names. So Grealish is just a child in this one. So when it comes down to it, Pep doesn't even care. So I think in the next few weeks, if Grealish doesn't improve, then we'll see him on the bench. Uh, just to be clear, we're not saying Grealish has been terrible for Grealish fanboys out there, but he hasn't been great either to get so both things can be true that he has been decent and he has also not been great so there's a middle ground and in City there's no room for middle ground you have to be great because City are a club that strive for greatness so it's not like we're crucifying him or anything but I mean I'm just saying what I see and I see him as someone that slows the game down for them which they don't need another team that played and wiped the floor Liverpool I mean they might as well just call the Estadio de Dragao the second Anfield because they've been there the last three visits. They've gone to Porto. They've scored 15 goals. Wiping the floor with Porto 5-1. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't, I don't understand why Porto do this to Liverpool. You know, when there are some teams where you face them, like, no matter how good you are coming into it, your form and all that, because Porto's form were, it was quite good um, coming into the game. Porto... They, they looked like a team that could actually... There are, levels, there are levels to it, man. There are levels to it. You can be good in Portugal, but when you meet one of the big boys in Europe... Yeah, I get, I get what you mean, but coming into that, yeah, Porto, they were like unbeaten in their last five, winning three and drawing two. So, like, it looked like... I know that thing, uh, yeah, Liverpool, they, they will be the better team, but I didn't expect Liverpool to smash five past them. Yeah, so I, 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 exactly. I was expecting like maybe a 3-1. Like, le- I, I play UEFA Fantasy and I predicted 3-1, but then Liverpool added two. I was like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> it, that's, that's the thing. I'm looking at it, I just think at the end of the day, Porto, they need to they need to stop doing this and embarrassing themselves because there are ways to lose a game and losing five is not is not one of those ways. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think quality speaks for itself. You have Musala, you have Sadio Mane, you still have the chance to call on Firmino from the bench, who then got two goals. I mean, at the end of the day, Porto know that it's not about the games against Liverpool, it's about what they do against Atleti and AC Milan are determine if they go through because Liverpool will probably beat most other teams in this group. So, yeah. For Wednesday, we had some interesting fixtures. TR7 coming to the rescue late again. Um, United, 
yes, United won, but I think this result prepares over cracks for them. The performance was really nothing to write them about. Yeah, I agree. The 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 thing about this, we've been speaking about this United team for quite a while now. And what's worrying is Villarreal played well. Villarreal bossed the game, but Villarreal couldn't finish because they had Gerard Moreno, who has been their talisman for quite a while now, injured. And goal scoring has been their huge but, problem. But credit, credit to the head, though. I mean, the head showing that he's miles ahead of Dean Henderson. The head really is the one that made United not lose that game. Yeah, you could say credit to him, but some of the um, chances, yeah, or if it was a better quality striker, some of them will be buried because some some were just like very, very simple to, to put past them that hair. Yeah. So so at the end of the day, at the end of that, I'll just say United once again, individual brilliance, saving Oli's job. Oli seems, seems to be doing this every time when he's under pressure. No, I, don't, I don't even think I don't even think they saved his job. I think Oli has security for whatever no, reason. Maybe, maybe no. being a United hero of ninety nine. Excuse me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, get, so I, I don't get think he was ever even under pressure yet. Yeah, I get what you're trying to say, but like if he had lost that game at Ultra Fort to Villarreal, like it, it will add to it will add to um the pressure he's already feeling from the media. Obviously, the club there's a relaxed feeling from the owners, but they're like the fans are mounting pressure already and saying we were tired of this um football, this Ishala and vibes. And looking at it, Ronaldo, Mr. Champions League, who is now the highest appearance in in the Champions League, he has he has surpassed Ike Casillas' record of Champions League appearance. He has now made 178 appearances, and he's still the highest goal scorer in the competition. So kudos saw, to him. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a very very ridiculous start. I don't know. Messi and Ronaldo fanboys just never cease to amuse me. Like they just come up with anything to show that their own person is better. So I saw one rubbish about Ronaldo being the player to score the most goals in the 90th minute or later, 12th in the Champions League. And I'm like, okay, all well and good. How many of these goals were winning goals? That's one. So your team might be winning 3-0 and then you score the fourth goal in the 90th minute. That doesn't mean shit. Your team might be like already winning and then you add another one. Okay, all well and good. And what if someone scores in the 88th minute and is a winning goal? So because it's not 90th minute, so it doesn't count. Or what are we like? Some very, very... Funny start. I don't know what you think about the start. At the end of the day, it's just agendas. People bring up things so that they can back up your argument. So that's just and, it. I mean, like, just, just so we're clear, Ronaldo is a great player, yeah? Yeah? But this start does not make him any greater in my eyes. Do you get? Like, this start doesn't exactly. do anything. Like, like Ronaldo is already on that level in my eyes. And this start doesn't make me go, wow. This start is just very irrelevant to me. Yeah, exactly. I agree. 100%. But then, um, now, moving on to another team in a very, very, very worrying position, Barcelona. I mean, we, we saw Barcelona lose to Bayern and I told you on this podcast that I was not surprised. But damn, was I surprised for this one. The same scoreline to Benfica this time around. What's going on? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I've, I've said this for time now. Um, Kuman is the problem at Barcelona. He sets he sets this team up to fail constantly. So I will, I'll tell you why. So going into this game, we played a four a four two three one system at home to um, Levante. We talked about it in our last last episode when I was even trying to like shalaye or make mouth 
because we played very, very well. I was impressed. Then he now came into this one going with the same exact team. The only difference between the team he went with um, against Benfica and the Bayern team is that Jordi Alba is not in the team for this one. That's the only difference. So he went with the same team that couldn't create any chance and couldn't even put a shot on target. And now Barcelona... And yeah. now, Barcelona are the only team in the Champions League yet to have a shot on target or register a shot at goal. That is quite what? an abysmal start. What? Exactly. No, no. no shot. In the, in the two games, no shot on target. Yes, we are the only team happened, yet to register to a shot. The player being top five in current form in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, listen. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, what I would just say is, when you, when, the way he's, do you know what he did here? Like, the team was not in any way trying to create chance or anything against Bayern. And this same team, this same team, that was the same team he went with. So, make it make sense. And what he now did, he now demoted the best player. This is why I told you that he's setting up the team to fail. He now demoted the best player. When you say, when you say setting up the team to fail, you, are you trying to say that he wants to get sacked to get his player? Yeah, exactly. He wants to get sacked so that he can get oh, several... That's a, big, that's a big shout. That's a big agenda. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not an agenda. It's, it's, it's something when you watch it, it's obvious. You can ask any Barcelona fan. Because do you know what he did? Let me, let me paint you this picture. Think of the most creative player for Barcelona. Frankie De Jong. Frankie De Jong created chances. He even had a, a, a chance that he waited to... Um, I, I think Pedro gave him the pass. He was... Uh, he put him at centre-back, yeah? Yeah, yeah, he he he, he square played um, the ball to um, Luke Dion. Luke Dion missed it. Thing, what I'm saying to you is the most, the best player on the pitch. He demoted the best player to play centre back. It's just like Olegana Soska demoting your most creative player in Bruno Fernandes and telling him, "Yo, go and do defensive duties." It doesn't make um, any um, sense. Um, um, first of all, Bruno and De Jong are not on the same level. Thank you. Secondly. Um, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, Dion is yeah, Dion is a, a level higher. Yes, so go on. What? <laughs> what go on, level? Go on, go on, go on. Are you joking? <laughs> go on, let's let <laughs> we sleep here and we argue about this a lot. So let's just go. Uh, let's, just make a point. Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me let, 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 let me let me just let me just tell the listeners that you were joking because Dion is nowhere close to Bruno. I mean, guys, he was joking. Please don't take him seriously. Um, okay. Now on a serious note, I feel like. Okay, now there are two things here. First of all, do you do you support him taking off PK? Like PK was on a yellow card, and he could easily have gotten a second yellow. And you saw just seconds after he made that challenge, the coach took him off. Now, are you in support of him taking PK out? And then, if you're PK, how do you look at the situation? Do you feel like your coach does not trust you enough? Uh, well, like the, uh, I, I don't even care about PK's um, feelings or anything. It, no one cares about his feelings. He should be on the bench for all I care. He has cost this team so many times. But what I would say is this. Since the manager is taking off PK, why not go with the back four and go be more attacking, be more proactive? Because you're already on the back foot. You can't get to defend at home, at uh, in, 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 away to Benfica. You came to defend. Oh my, yeah, yeah. Barcelona um, came to defend. Exactly. So now, now that you're already one, one goal um, behind, why not be proactive and go for it? You know, so, he now insisted on playing a back three and putting so the young badges. 
Remind me who came on for PK. It was Gavi, yes. Gavi. Now, you know, when I when I saw the move, I was like, perfect. So he's now going to a back four. Like, common sense would tell you that he's now going to a back four because you yeah. had two centre-backs on the pitch. You had Eric Garcia and I think Araujo. You had Dest and you had another person as a fullback. So, like, it was perfectly set up for a back four. But to my utter amazement, I saw De Jong as a centre-back. I was like, huh? Now, if you... Now, the, my problem is now two things. You should have gone with a back four. But then if you're insisting on going with a back three, is it not common sense to bring on a centre-half, like a centre-back, like Lenglet was on the bench. Even Umtiti, I, I believe, was on the bench. Although Umtiti looks like he's made of glass and he can injure at any moment. So you might be having to make bring Umtiti on and then take him off. So if you don't want to do that, at least bring on Longley. Longley hasn't be- become a terrible defender overnight, has he? <laughs> he's terrible, but I don't think he's he, he, he can get any worse. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's terrible. I think he makes terrible mistakes, but overall his performances are decent. But then when he makes a mistake, he ma- a mistake rather he makes one that really costs the team. That's how I see him. Yeah. See, um, honestly, like. Like the the looking at looking at it, the discussion we, we are having already, even off air, we've, we've talked about this already. Everything is down to Kuman. Last week we we're talking about mediocre trinity of mediocrity. I've told you Kuman is the worst out of the trinity of mediocrity. Poch got a win, and Poch made changes that were um, for the betterment of the team. He brought in one out, he brought in Daniel. Shout exactly. Exactly. Then then then. But, uh, what is his name? Oligona Soska, who they insult as a PE teacher, still got a win. He brought in Cavani that changed the entire dynamic of the game. He brought in um, Lingard that gave Ronaldo an assist for the winning goal. That is... that As mediocre as those two managers are, they are way better than Kuman. Kuman hey, is the worst. Ninth minute, I believe. So, it wasn't like he really believed in Lingard. Lingard just came on and happened to just do that. If you but, but, but still, they'll still give the manager the credit, bro. But still, what I'm just trying to say is, Kuman, I don't see him taking a top job anymore. This is his I mean, last big game. Barcelona hire coaches based on, oh, oh, you've played for us as a player. Okay, come. I think Barcelona need to, I've, I've told you this before, Barcelona need to change the way they recruit. Football has moved past that DNA nonsense. You need to get top coaches who know football. You can have an attacking mentality without necessarily playing tiki-taka. Look at Jurgen Klopp attacking. Look at Julian Nagelsmann attacking. So, I mean, get past this whole rubbish of you have to have played for the club, you have to have a DNA. Because I'll tell you this for free. If they bring Xavi to coach Barcelona, the problems are going to stay the same or even get worse. And I'm not oh, going to I, say more than that. I disagree, bro. I disagree. Uh, we'll, we'll be here to see it. We'll be here no to problem. see it. We'll be here to see it, but I disagree. No as, problem. If, as if they actually hire him, because I'm hearing talk of Andrew Pello <laughs> and some other still names. So, God. all God. the best, Barcelona. Now, another game I want us to touch on is Juventus at home to Chelsea. Everyone was saying, including myself, Everyone thought that Chelsea were the favourites, or everyone said Chelsea were the favourites. I, I believe on, on form before the game, we were right to say that. But Chelsea really lack bite going forward. There's nothing creative happening. It's all about putting crosses into the box. And even the crosses aren't really quality crosses. If you're Lukaku, you're wondering, like, 
why why am I here if no one is creating anything for me? For the sake of agendas, uh, I'll just say Lukaku has been missing since his trip to Italy. And apparently <laughs> have been found in Bonucci's <laughs> pockets. And Matthew Delitz was the one who kidnapped him and put him in Bonucci's pocket. At the end of the day, Chelsea, Chelsea, this is problem in paradise. This, this, this is why I, I, I love Chelsea at the end of the day. Because Tuchel have lost two games. And now his job is under question. It's like he's under fire already. Because that's really? how... Really? Already? Yes. I, yes. I don't think I don't think he's under pressure. Yet. You can you can check the media, you can see, you can see it already like talks about is it, is it, sorry, is it uh, Chelsea fans on Twitter or is it the actual English media? Now the media the media itself and um, Chelsea fans as well. That's, no, forget that, that, the Chelsea fans on Twitter. Those ones are just No 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 to win every game, which is not realistic. No, no, no. The reason why I'm pointing that out is that's the level Chelsea has set themselves, uh, the standard they, they set themselves up, 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 up to, to right now. So that's why we keep going back with the Barcelona thing, hiring people that are not um, suited for the, for the job just because of the, they've played for Barcelona. So at the end of the day, um, Chelsea, I just think Chelsea lost to a Juventus side that played the same thing Chelsea usually play. That sit back, and have control of the game without the ball. And Chelsea found it difficult to break them down. And they gave Chelsea a taste of your own medicine, which I quite love. I love I love it when um you dish when you when you dish when you dish out something, you better be prepared to get what, it. What, what, what medicine is that? Being compact at the back. Uh, we all know what how Chelsea plays. So um so at the end of the day, um they couldn't um deal with their own their own um uh, Philosophy, but what I would say is Thomas Tuchel needs to find other ways to play and break down teams. You cannot just rely on three at the back and expect to win every game. Obviously, it um, has worked the majority of his, his reign, but he needs to find other ways to win. People are people are talking about the club, the team is missing Messi Mount badly. Are, are you in agreement with that? No, 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 no. I don't I don't quite agree. I, I just think what the team is missing. Yes, you can say Messi Mount, but what the team is missing is someone that can progress the ball. For midfield to attack quickly, aka aka Messi Mount, yeah, aka Messi Mount, aka you can say that, you can say that. But but I think Harvard should step up and do that because when you cost a club like Chelsea, I see eighty million or be ninety million. I can't remember the price, but when you cost a club like Chelsea that that astronomical fee, I think is the che- second highest um, Chelsea signing after Lukaku. So when you cost it, when you cost that amount, you should be delivering. And there's no difference between the Ali Ali start and Kai Harvard start. And the Ali Ali has been abysmal. That shows you where the level of Harvard is right now. Ouch! It's hard to argue. <laughs> it's hard to argue against that. Honestly, I think Harvard needs to improve. Vena, I think Vena has fallen so low that you have people like Ross Barkley and. Chaloba and Loftus Cheek coming ahead of him. I think if you're Timo Werner, just hang your head in shame because how can Ross Barkley be playing in the Champions League against Juventus and you're left on the bench? I'm not, I'm not going to say anything more than that. I just think he should look at himself in the mirror and know that he has to improve. Premier League fixtures for this weekend. Um, sticking with Chelsea, just briefly, 
Chelsea against Southampton. We expect them to bounce back from the last two defeats, don't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like Chelsea, they've not they've they've not won their last two games. And looking at it coming into the days, there's actually a funny record. Chelsea are winless in their last three league games against Southampton. So Chelsea, they need to win. No excuse. They need to. Yeah, I think I think we'll see a lot more because obviously City and Juventus are elite teams or at least City this season have been elite. Juventus maybe use Chelsea to become elite. But my point is you're not going to play those top teams every time. So I think Southampton are levels below those two teams and I think Chelsea will have it a bit more just grind it out victory. I think Chelsea will win the game. United at home to at home, right? I mean, how many games are they playing at home in Evo? I don't seem to get it. But then at home to Everton, I think this is the fourth home game in Evo, right? Um, <laughs> last weekend, exactly. Champions they, they, League. They, I don't understand what they and did in Manchester the United. Cup, Premier League the League teams, Cup. Yeah. The League Cup also was... So this is the fourth home game in Evo. Well, I'm not saying any agendas there. It's not like they want United to win or anything. But then, what do you expect? Everton have some tricky players going forward. I expect I expect United to I expect this to be a good game. I I'll say the game will be quite open. Um I think there'll be goals in it and I see a penalty in it. So it'll be interesting to see who will take it for United. Probably Bruno steps up to penalty or you want a penalty just for the drama of who takes it. Yeah, like obviously I I want I want like it goes it goes both ways. I, I yes. I want to see the drama of what will happen. But what we say is just imagine Bruno. What, what do you think? Finish. What's your gut feeling telling you? Who takes it? I, th- I think Bruno will still take it. I think I think there oh, will be just... Oh, now you're in agreement. Remember when I told you that Bruno will still take penalties? I told you this because yeah, his Bruno record... Is but what I'm, what I'm saying to you is like, Ronaldo will still take penalties for United. That's just what I'm trying to get at. But what I'm saying is why Bruno will take it is so that they will, be, they will be try and build this... Um, um, solidarity and this um, feeling of we are still uh, we are still behind you kind of feeling for Bruno, but just imagine he miss it again. <laughs> uh, if, if again, he's never taking another penalty while Ronaldo is on the pitch. As simple as that. Um, you know, it's funny. If he miss it again, he will go and write second apology letter. <laughs> but you know, I would I would laugh so hard because I, we spoke about this in our last episode. I think it's very very unnecessary to be apologizing to fans for missing a penalty. It's part of life. It's part of football. Just move on. So, but I think United win this game. Ronaldo is there. Bruno is there. They will conjure up some magic. It's not like only tactics are going to win the game, but the players on the pitch will conjure up something, and then I see United getting all three points. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Aston Villa and Spurs. Spurs in terrible, in a very, very terrible state. In a dire state. See what I did there, Eric Dyer. That's not my dire. So, do they bounce back to winning ways? Of course, they beat Mura in the Europa Conference League 5-1, but nobody cares about that. Do we see them beating Aston Villa? Um... What we say again uh, about Spurs is just very, very simple. Spurs last month, that's the month of September, I don't think they won any league game. That's how, how symbolic they were. They, they, they didn't quite... They were, ne- they were never at it. It was just very, very shameful in my eyes. 
I think the only win they got was on penalties against Wolves in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, I'm not even talking about the Carabao Cup. I think uh, I'm talking about Premier League now. They lost to Arsenal. They lost to they lost to Crystal Palace. They they Chelsea. lost to Chelsea. So looking at it like they've been they've they've been shambolic at the end of the day. They've been very very shambolic. But but the record for Tottenham um, coming into this is okay. Quite okay, good. they won't they won't move out five one. So at least that was a win. That was the last day of September. That was a win in September. <laughs> but but what I would say is that the record coming to this for them is quite good. Tottenham have won ten of their last twelve Premier League games against Aston Villa. So I, I think coming into this, it, it, it's quite it's quite the record is quite good for them. And even the last two defeats they they had against Aston Villa came at home to Aston Villa. But coming into this Aston Villa, they look quite in good shape and in good form. So I expect Villa to cause an upset here. Arsenal, away to Brighton. Um, Arsenal in really, really good form, but then Brighton have started the season very well too, so something has to give. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the... Like, obviously, Arsenal, they are in good form. They are unbeaten in, in quite a few games, and <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why Mikel Ateta is now amongst the manager of the mode, which I quite find very, very funny. But what I was mean, saying, no, come on, come no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going to allow you walk over us now every time. They won three <laughs> games, and their coach is up for manager of the month. What, what else do you want him to do? No problem. I can't wait for him to win it so that we will come here and talk about him winning it. And, and <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me, let me know as if I hate Arsenal too much. But coming to this, um, I'm Arsenal face, facing Bryson. Um, this weekend and Brighton who, who blew the chance to go top if they had beaten Crystal Palace they would have been top even if it was just for a few days but they didn't win and so they didn't go top do you think that would like because obviously they got the late equalizer but do you think they would be sad that they didn't get the chance to go top they didn't take the chance it's just coming into this, Arsenal have to win. They, they they need to take their chances. They need to because now they are they are coming into this below Brighton. So Brighton is above them. So they need to take their chances and win this game. No excuse for Ateta, no excuse for the players. Three points or nothing. And I think this is the first because looking at it, other fixtures, it it, it has been quite favorable for them. They met an abysmal uh, abysmal Norwich team, which everyone tips for relegation. They met a Burnley side, which everyone don't, is... Don't, don't, don't remind uh, me of Norwich. Don't, don't, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. They, they, also, met, they met, also met a Burnley side, which is in everyone's peak to go down this season. They met a Tottenham side, which have been struggling, struggling for the past um, four weeks now. And now this is the only side that... This is the first time they are meeting a side that is in form and is in a stable condition. So it will be interesting to see how they cope. But... Arsenal to win for me. I think Arsenal will have too much at the top end of the pitch for Brighton. Maybe two, two or three one, something like that. Now for the blockbuster fixture of the weekend: Liverpool, Man City. Wow. I mean, I, I, I honestly can't wait for this. But this is so hard to call. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. At the end of the day, uh, but this, this is the fixture where I think this is the. This is one of the important fixtures 
of um, the Premier League this season. And I think I think this this will tell us who is ready to actually win that win that um, title. And coming into this, both teams they look quite in good form. I think the only loss for City was the one against um, PSG. So coming into this, both teams are looking quite in a very, very good form. The last time these teams met, Man City smashed um, Liverpool 4-1. And looking at this, Man City, coming into this, Man City haven't won consecutive league games at Anfield since 1953. So the record is not in their favour. But I don't know who to win this. I don't know who will take this. I mean, City then is not sitting now. They, I mean, if any team can do it, it's City. Yes, exactly. If this, if any team can win consecutive games at Anfield, it's this City team. So I think um, coming to the City, City should consecutive be able to... games at Anfield apart from Liverpool. That is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, will it will it be a wild shot to say to predict like a two-two draw? No, no, no. I think that's what you usually do. You're just sitting on the fence and hopefully you don't fall off the fence one day. Of course, of course. Then what do you usually do yourself? <laughs> you know me, I, I like to I like to look at the game and then see what I feel and I'm brave about it. You get like I predicted no I predicted some things that haven't worked out, but at least I was brave and saying that this big team will win this other big team. But you usually like to sit on the fence. No problem. There you have it, guys. We, you have the new Dr. Octopus or Mr. Octopus, the score predictor. So, listen <laughs> to him. <laughs> um, okay, so, so well, are you putting me on the spot to make a prediction? Yeah, I would, I would, I, like, I would just not want to know, like, do you see a goal um, first or do you see, like, it being a stalemate and a boring match? No, no, no. It's going to be a very... In- Interesting game, but not high scoring. So I see I'm leaning towards Liverpool. Maybe it's the home crowd. Maybe it's because of how Man City look like they can create a million chances while taking not more than one or two. So I think Liverpool win it 2 1 for me. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Over to Spain. Um, there's some interesting, well. I might, will I be lying if I said there are some interesting fixtures? Well, there's one interest, interesting fixture. Barcelona square up against Atletico Madrid. Um, two teams who, who don't look the greatest going forward. Uh, but surely we're going to see an entertaining game, are we? I think, I think the only way Barcelona wins this game is if Kuman goes with a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 system. That actually bring out the best in Barcelona players because is it, is it situation so desperate that Fati has to start? No, they don't, I don't think they need Fati to start. It is, uh, that is not even necessary. It's not even necessary in my eyes. I just think I just think it just depends on the system they go with. For the past how many games, the reason why the Barcelona have been struggling and been losing is that the entire team is playing to a strength of a single player, and that's Luke Dion. Just spamming in crosses for Luke Dion. If they play to uh, the strength of if they play to the strength of other players in the team, that's that's when Barcelona will have joy. And that's oh, we saw it uh, against Levante. They were able to play to the strength of other teammates. So that's why they could win against Levante. When when you say playing to the strength of Luke De Jong and playing in courses, it's not like they are good courses. Let's be clear on that. 
like yeah. they are playing him joker crosses are very easy for the defenders to clear out but no i disagree i disagree i've not seen lugion one um sorry i've not seen lugion i can't even speak english anymore i've not seen lugion win any header that's how abysmal it is. And Kuma said this that wait, are we are we Neymar, are we blaming just Luke De Young or do the crosses need to have some quality as well? The crosses need to have some quality, but there are some that are on the plate for him. He's not he doesn't have the speed to reach there, he doesn't have the jump. Power know, if if he doesn't have the speed to reach there, then they are not really on the plate for him because on okay. the plate you like bang on your head. Okay, okay. There there was one that, that was bang on his head. It was free open post. He couldn't even still convert, and that's the only head I've seen Lugion win since he's still playing for Barcelona. It was on the plate, open um, head, open post. Now, he couldn't still convert. Calm down, calm down. Breathing, breathing, and breathe out. Breathing and breathe out, bro. Right. <laughs> you know, I actually wanted to say this against. Um, sorry, when we talked about Barcelona in Champions League, but I might as well say it now. How is Eric Garcia playing for Barcelona? Like. This guy couldn't get into the Man City team for a reason. No, for two reasons. Because the City defenders were so good. That's one. And it turns out that he's actually rubbish at defending. Because he has gotten two red cards so far in his, like, three or how many months at Barcelona. And he has gotten two wins on the pitch as well. So as many red cards as wins on the pitch. What a great player he is. <laughs> at the end of the day it's just Catalan tax just Catalan tax right now so even recording I just received an update that Pedri is a serious doubt against Atletico game this is the thing I've been saying Barcelona they need to sack Kuman because Kuman's there Pedri that just came back from injury against Benfica he just came back he's half fit and he's I mean what, what what do you what what do you guys want? If he doesn't start Pedri, you say that he's not starting his best players. If he's no if manager, he no, 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 no. This is not even an agenda. No manager will start someone that is half fit, and an eighteen year old for that matter that is or, half. Or, fit. or do you, do you blame Coman or do you blame? I I think for me I won't blame Coman. I'll blame two people. I'll blame the medical staff who passed Pedri fit, and I'll blame Pedri himself who told the manager, "Yes, I'm fit enough to start." No, 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 no. That's that's a wrong assessment in my eyes. At the end of the day, an 18-year-old will still tell you, yes, Gaffer, I want to play. But the manager has the final say and the, fin the last decision to make. He has the final say in every decision. So, I mean, but, on is the but manager's if, Sorry, problem. but if the, if the player tells you he's fit, sorry, if the player tells you he's fit, the medical staff says he's fit. So, at the end of the day, what I'm saying to you is, the medical team have their job and say, okay, this is the um, this is the condition of the player. But at the end of the day, it's common sense. I've never seen you can an 18-year-old will always tell you he wants to play. But I don't even dwell on this too much. The reason why I'm pointing out this thing is this is the same reason why I want Kuman to be sad. Because if Kuman ends up doing the same thing he's doing with Pedri with Asufati, Asufati will be out for a, quite a long time again. So this is why I want Kuman to actually leave. And now we don't, we don't, we don't want that. We don't want that to happen. Exactly, exactly. And you know what's even funny? There's even a record. Diego Simeone has never won a league game against Barcelona in La Liga. So, I think that record will break on but Sunday. Are you, are, you, are you joking right now? Nah, he's, he's there. He has never won a league game against Barcelona. So... At, <laughs> at home or at the new Camp or both? 
both. I, I think he's both. I think he's both. Because when I checked the record, I, I, I saw... I, 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 the record just stated that he has never won it. And I can remember the record quite clearly. He has won us in Champions League. He has won Barcelona in... Um, in the um in the cups, but he I don't think he has won Barcelona in any league game. That's quite sad. I mean, surely he should have won at least one or two by now. Um, moving on to Real Madrid, Real Madrid square off against Espanol. Surely they come back to winning ways. Surely. Um, I think Real Madrid they've been relying too much on Karim Benzema. If Benzema doesn't deliver, Real Madrid struggle and. I, I, how long would that thing last? Rem, um, Karim Benzema has had 15 goal involvement. I think on current form, he's the best player in Europe currently. 15 goal involvement, that's quite mad. If it was Messi and Ronaldo, or Ronaldo, yes, kind of no, 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 no. I don't, I don't know. Who is Vinicius, please? Who is that guy? I don't know who that <laughs> is. Please. As, as one of the most talented players in Europe, young, talented young players, so show him some respect. Oh my God, that means the entire talent pool in Europe is down. That means that's what it means. What? Are you if, joking? If Vinicius is the most talented player in Europe, that I, no, means no, no, the entire I talent pool is down. one of the most talented young players so, in Europe. If it's among the least, if he's even in the least, that means the talent pool in Europe top is down. 10, top 10. Surely he's in top 10. Players yeah, if, if, if he's in top 200, the talent pool is down. That's what I... He's just like a... I don't, like I don't a know list. what you have against this young man. No, no, no. It's just, it's just a fact. It's just like a list of people that are not intelligent. One person will still carry first. So let's not, let's not hype Vinicius like that. So what, 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 what list is that? So people that are not intelligent and Vinicius is coming first. Are you talking about Hazard and Bill that is benching there? Okay, okay. So this is what we're doing. Hazard and Bill, they're no, not no, fit. No, That's you, why. You're one that is pushing agenda. So I'm just. No, I'm not pushing any agenda. Hazard and Bill, they're not quite fit. If those guys are fit and up to speed, I mean, there's no way they need to start. Don't bad. give me that cap of they are not quite fit. They had preseason. Okay. They, they they have been playing games since. If they are not fit, is on them. It's not an excuse no anymore. You have no problem to be fit. You, you know, you know what I would say. You know what I would say when you when you start um giving people mad shout like this. At the end of the day, everything is now on record and is being documented. So we'll come back to this record one day, and you will see. Oh, I'm not ashamed. I'm not scared to say that Vinicius is one of the top ten young players in the world under 21. I've said it, and I stick with it. No problem. We'll revisit I mean, we have we have we have players like Florian Verts, the 18 year old wonder kid at Leverkusen. We have players like Ellen Haaland. And we have players like Jaden Sancho before this My United Nightmare. Though we hope he wakes up from the nightmare soon. But, I mean, surely you have those guys. And you can't mention too many more before Vinicius. See, honestly, I would like to you. Vinicius is not a good player. So, I don't know. No, no, no. You're, you're, no see, see where you're getting it twisted here. Vinicius of last season was not a good finisher. Vinicius of the last three months has improved tremendously. Am I right or wrong? This is just... Why are we gassing on players? After Am I right game? or wrong? You're, I can't say you're wrong and I, can, I can't say you're right. So, the, there's a middle ground here. Come on, come on. I this mean, I just started. the last three months. This is... No, no, no. This season just started. When we're, when we, this season just started. When we get to December... You can what do you mean this season? This season just started and, and, and people are informed and we're hailing them for being informed. But Vinicius' time, we can't hail him. No, 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 no. We're hailing people that have been informed towards the back end of this season and have carried it down to this season. 
So we are hailing we are hailing Benzema. Benzema has always been in form towards the back end of last season, and now he has carried it on to this season. That's why we're hailing Benzema. I said oh, this, oh, so this, this, this is now the agenda. Okay, now it's agendas. Okay. So why didn't you say it was agenda when I was hailing um Benzema? No, Benzema is class. We all know that. We all okay, know Benzema okay. is class. Okay. This at the end of the day, we all pick and choose what we want to hear. So let's just move on. Okay, so there you have it, guys. Confirmed news. Leonard does not like Vinicius Jr. And then, for whatever reason, you guys can ask him on social media why, what Vinicius did to him. Did Vinicius take your girlfriend? Uh, my girlfriend will never leave me for a player like Vinicius. No matter how much money he has. Are you joking? I no 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 no. Um um um. There's something that she will look at as well. It's called it's called money, and he has loads of it in his bank account. Yeah, but there's something she will also look at as well. It's called looks, and Vinicius doesn't have it. <laughs> I I I I wish this was like like a a visual podcast. Though we we we'll get there, what they will start doing visuals on posting on YouTube. People will hear you now and think like you're one great looking guy. I mean, Vinicius is is uh... <laughs> <laughs> even you. You can't even bring yourself to to admit that. But no problem. Let's just move on, bro. Vinicius is a better boy than you. I've said it. Okay, okay. It's calm. It's calm. This so, yeah, we have one standout fixture. But before we get to that, before we get to the standout fixture, um. Inter Milan, now that they've decided to throw away their Champions League campaign, surely they have to win this game to stay in the title race against Asolo. Yeah, it's to be a very difficult um, fixture for Inter Milan, but at the end of the day, I expect them to win. I expect them to win. I'm sorry, you don't have any business winning the league. The reason why I said this was they didn't, they didn't rotate well. They've not rotated well, so it'll be interesting to see the lineup. Okay, fatigue, yeah. Oh, hello, you said fatigue. Yeah, yeah, I'm expecting fatigue to kick in, but it's just, it's just if um, Izagi can do some key rotations and and don't um reduce the quality of the team and still have enough quality to win, then I think um, Inter will have a good game. Okay, um, the Turin derby, Torino versus Juventus. Um, for some reason, now it obviously Juventus and Torino are miles apart in terms of quality, but then because they are from the same city, we know that Torino hates losing this game and they come into this fixture level on points. And Torino is ninth, Juventus is tenth, both on eight points. So I think it's more evenly matched than it has been in a few years. Yeah, facts, facts, facts. You know, I've said it, Juve, they don't have any business um, winning the league this season. So these are the games they should concentrate on so that they can be able to finish top four. So if they don't, if they go there to away to um, Torino, um, <laughs> you don't think you don't think this this um, win against Chelsea is going to be a turning point in their season, and they can now start getting back to their to their old selves. I think it's too early to call. We need we need a run of games to actually um um give them that benefit of doubt. So I just think I just think at the end of uh, the day. But for this game itself, um they win this game, do they? <laughs> they will win, but it will be very, very slim and tight. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never sat home for once in my life and said I expect Juventus to score four or five goals in this game. Juventus are always a, even when they were at their peak under Allegri and Conte, they were always a two, three goals kind of team, never smashing teams for five and six. So I expect maybe a two-nil victory for Juve in this game. There about. And for the big one I spoke about earlier, we have Atalanta against Milan. So, so what are we expecting? Mm, I think this, this is the um, game of the game of the day in um. Well, it's a game game of this game week for for the Syria. So, I think it should be entertaining to watch. It should be high scoring. It will be end to end, and I expect good football. Yeah, I think this is quite difficult to call because um, this now you mentioned the two-two earlier in the episode of um, City versus Liverpool. I think I won't be surprised to see that, such a scoreline in this game. But then you tell me I'm sitting on the fence, so let me predict Milan to win. <laughs> so for the first time, you're brave. That's nice. Okay. I mean, I, I've predicted Liverpool to win. I've predicted Milan to win. I don't recall you making any bold predictions so far today. Oh, my. I, I, I have, I've had some predictions. It's on record already. So let's not put on agendas what, right now. What predictions? You are joking. Mourinho takes his boys to. Their stadium against Empoli, and we expect Roma to win. So, not too much time on that. Moving on, Fiorentina against Napoli looks like maybe the second best game on paper this weekend. Napoli losing in the Europa League, um, but we don't think it will affect them too much in this game, do we? Um. Uh, they had a red card and and they, they struggled defensively because of that. So the opponents uh, got the red card eventually, didn't they? Uh, but it was already late. It was already late. Um, the damage has already been done. So by the end of the day, um, I expect Napoli to bounce back because this team, I think they are huge favorites. I think this this league will be is between the uh, Milan teams and um, Napoli as well. So I expect them to come good and with Osime starting for them and being quite in good form. I think I think they will get the three points. Okay, so um, over to the Bundesliga. Dortmund, we're not sure if Haaland will be back fit, but even if he's not fit, Dortmund still have more than enough to beat Osborg. Yeah, there's still quality in the side, so I expect um, Dortmund to win. So this is me being brave and telling you Dortmund should win. If they don't win, then... Wow, brave, beat. brave. Predicting a Dortmund win over Osborg, you should be ashamed of yourself. Okay, okay, all right, let's what's, what's, sorry, what's brave about that? What <laughs> can you tell me what is brave about predicting those want to beat Osborg? Oh my god, so this, this is what we're doing now. I, I, if I predict, I'm not being brave, but if you predict, you're brave. Okay, cool, let's move on. Are you seeing the games I'm predicting? I, I, I don't understand what, what is there to see. You're making prediction, I'm making my own predictions. And okay. the, that's all. Can you look into your crystal ball and tell me what Bayern and Frankfurt are going to play out? Frankfurt, Bayern, with a very, Bayern. very, very brave decision. B- Bayern, 
Bayern, Bayern, this is very, very, very difficult match. Wow. I still, I still expect Bayern to win because wow. Bayern, Bayern, they're in how, good form. How difficult, on a scale of 1 to 10, how difficult is this? I think it's very, very close. It's closer than people think. So, but... But on that scale, on that scale, my scale is broken, so it doesn't work right now. But I'll just say, Bayern oh. win. Okay. Score, scores prediction, scores. I'm not, you're the octopus. You're the one with the score lines. Okay, okay. So, so Bayern are going to struggle to win, according to you. Is that it? Because no, 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 no. That's not. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. No, no, no. Because Frankfurt are such a strong team. No, no, no. I never, I never said that. All I'm saying is the game will be closer than what people think, but I still expect Bayern to win. That's what I said. Wow. Wonderful brief predictions from Leonard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I've even forgotten the name of the league. The Ligon. Yeah. The PSG League. We have PSG winning sorry did i say psg winning sorry we have psg playing this weekend against Vern. um honestly i don't even know what to tell you about this league but <laughs> all i will say is messi, i expect messi to messi, score again i just expect messi to score i expect messi to score and have a good game i think maybe first hat trick for psg won't be won't be um, too much of a bad shout so this is me being brave again messi hat trick Okay, you guys heard it here first. And trust me, if Messi doesn't score a hat trick, Leonard is getting it on next Tuesday's episode. So, oh, God. yeah. So, wait, wait, wait. What you predicted? So, uh, we, should, we should start keeping all those um, records now. Okay, all right. Let's you're, free, you're free to, you're free to. But at okay. least, if, if my predictions don't work out, you know that they were tight games to call, you understand. Okay, okay. Now, that this is it. When you predict, it's tight. When I predict, it's nonsense. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now the FPL segment, what do you have? Um, the favorite part of the show that people always wait for on a Thursday. So, um, moving on. Um, so, the game week seven is here, finally. The, more, the most anticipated game week. And looking at it, this, so this is one of the most favorite, um, this is people's favorite part of the show, mostly when we do the FPL part. But so coming into this, finally, the most anticipated game week is finally here, the game week seven. So um, now the fixtures are swinging um, to um, Chelsea's favor. So what are we looking at here, uh, Josh? Um, yeah, like you said, fixtures swinging in favor of Chelsea from now. Which is game week seven to I think game week eleven or twelve, because if Leicester continue the, the way they are going, then Leicester don't look like a tough fixture. Which I think Chelsea face Leicester game week twelve. So from now to game week twelve, on paper looks decent for Chelsea. So yeah, I think getting Lukaku, getting Lukaku, getting at least one Chelsea defender, maybe Rudiger, because it looks like the most immune to rotation. Um, Alonso. It's is very good going forward, but we know that Chile will surely get one or two games from now till game week twelve. So it might be painful watching Alonso on the, watching Chelsea keep a clean sheet and you have Alonso on the bench. But if you're brave, go for it because we can have some high returns from Alonso as well. But some people are even looking at a a double up of Chelsea's defense, which I think is not a bad shout at all. But the problem is. 
is who are you going to go for? Um, I think Rudiga and be Christiansen because Christiansen is cheapish. He's just five million in FPL. So I think yeah, Rudiga, Christiansen, Lukaku looks like a way to go. That's obviously yeah. if you're upgrading, you're not you're not expected to make three transfers and get a minus eight. Uh, okay, fair enough. But um, speaking about wild card, so this is why one of this is one of the reasons why this game week has been very much anticipated, followed by the game week eight. But what we say now is, what other teams should um, managers be targeting in, in terms of um, fixtures so that they can be able to and uh, maximize um, the benefit of using your wild card? Target leads, and when I say leads, I mean one person. Target Rafinha. If you don't have Rafinha on your team, bring him in because Leeds have beautiful fixtures for the next three or four weeks. So getting Rafinha in your team and a Southampton striker as well looks like a good shout. The problem is which, stri- which striker is the problem because I think Armstrong plays a lot of shots, Adam Armstrong. And the more you shoot, the more likely you are to score. I think you can get in Rafinha, you can get in Adam Armstrong because the fixtures of both teams look decent. Obviously, Southampton faced Chelsea this weekend, but after this Chelsea game, they have some very good fixtures on paper. And so, yeah, target leads and Southampton players. Yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, what about um, since Liverpool and Man City are facing each other? So, we already, um, the news already that um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is out due to um, muscular in, um, issues and Thiago and Cantara is all due to some calf injuries. So, looking at it, should we be bringing in any players from these teams or should we be worried about the ones we already have from the teams? Yeah, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about FPL is that it contradicts real-life football in, in the way that as a fan of football, you're looking forward to Liverpool versus City because it's a top fixture. But as an FPL manager, you're dreading it because these fixtures are so tight and so hard to call. So I would say if you're wildcarding, obviously you have to bring in Salah. But if you're not wildcarding, I don't think this or I don't if you're not wildcarding, this is not the week to bring in any player from any of these teams. But if you're wildcarding, bring in Salah and bring in a city defender. Hmm. Okay. Okay, fair enough. But 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 are they okay? Mo- moving out of the fixture itself, and still on the issue of a wild card. So you know when you wild card, there are some areas where you're trying to um, distribute funds. So that you, you you talked about getting the likes of Salah, who is a big hitter and who um, commands a lot of money in terms of um, getting him in, into your team. So which funds should we be looking out for that are relatively uh, relatively quite um, cheap? and they deliver in terms of points for FPL. Okay, I'm going to mention Galiga again. At this point, I'm sounding like a broken record, but Galiga hasn't let me down so far. Since I started mentioning him on this podcast, he got an assist last game game week, which he's the one that won the penalties that had converted. So Galiga, for me, is a very good option. He's just 5.7. He has gone up by 0.2. Started the season at 5.5. So... Gallagher and Josh Townsend look like very good options. And now I'll put another name into the ring. Um, 
Emil Smith-Rowe got a goal and assist against Tottenham last week. He's just 5.3 million. He has gone down by 0.2. I think if you want to have people like Ronaldo, Lukaku, Salah, Trent, all these very expensive players, then someone like Smith-Rowe can really help you in the sense that he's cheap and he can also deliver points on a regular basis. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, I never considered Smith-Rowe in any FPL draft, but I would, I, I'll do that now. So, um, so what about um, the flag players? So many managers now in their team, they have like two to three flag players. So now, we'll be worrying as FPL managers now because we all know how um, easy it is for their prices to drop. So what should we do if we have some of all those players um, that are so many in our team that are flagged? Okay, first of all, if you have Luke Shaw and you haven't sold him, I'm sorry to break it to you, but Shaw has dropped down to 5.4 million. So, yeah, you've missed a trick there if you still have, if you still have Luke Shaw because selling Shaw to get a Chelsea defender looks like the best way to go. But now that his price has dropped, you might not want to take the hit. You might want to hold on to him to he goes back to 5.5. So, um, I'll say if you have Shaw, if you have Arnold, you can move. Arnold is going to be out here after the international break, so you could easily move Arnold out, get a defender for this week, and bring Arnold back. But then again, his price is now up to 7.6 million, so you might not want to do that. So I'll just say, people like Luke Aileen, I don't know, what's his, what's his use? Because Leeds don't keep clean sheets, and he looks like another person whose price might drop pretty soon. It's currently 4.5, but I will not be surprised if we are here next week and it's 4.4. So if you have Luke Aileen, this might be the time to sell him. If you have Bisuma, you might want to hold him because he might play against Arsenal this weekend. He's going to have a late fitness test, test but we'll see. But for the for but for people like Shaw, Luke Aileen, I think you should be selling them because these fixtures are going to get tougher for United on paper. Okay, cool, cool. But um, moving on, um, you know, there's how we normally talk about our captaincy picks, the the one for the differential, the differential ones, and the top three picks. Then the finally the one that is the shortest. So, um, will you kindly break it down for us? Um, the top three picks for this weekend. I mean, it's hard to look past Lukaku, Ronaldo, and. Antonio, which is obviously boring because they were the top three for last week as well. But they are the top three for a reason because they look like you can count on them for this season so far. So those are the three shouts. For the most obvious one, I'll say Lukaku is the most obvious one. For the left field shout, the left field pick, I'd say someone like someone like Afinia, someone like I can I can see Afinia getting a goal against Watford and maybe putting an assist as well. But also someone like um maybe Ismail. I don't know if you of of a hey, we're talking about Ismail Asa whether it could be a left field pick, but I'm so confident about that. A left field pick, Abumayang. I don't know how many people have him, but if you have him, you might want to captain him against Brighton. 
right. Cool. Well, finally, before we wrap up the show, who are you going for? What? I, say, I said, finally, before we wrap up the show, who are you going for as your captain? Romelu Lukaku. Easy. Okay, cool. Cool, boy. If you didn't have Lukaku, who would you go for? Ronaldo. On, on, let, let me put it this way. If I, if I had all those players I mentioned, I'll go for Abumayang. But I don't have Abumayang. I have Ronaldo. So, Ronaldo. All right, no problem. So we've come to the end of the show. So any closing words? Um, closing words. Let's see. Let's just watch. Fixture. I think some crazy things are going to happen this weekend. I don't know. Some managers might be out of work next week, and some people I'm sure will be happier about that. So we'll see. Right. Fair enough. So that's it, guys. Um. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with us for and spending time with us. So with that, we have come to the end of the program. For myself, Josh, and the entire Falconer team, it's goodbye for now.